so many people are in relationship, but that doesn't mean that every one of us knows how to be vulnerable and intimate in a relationship. We know how to be comfortable, but being vulnerable and stripped back and having to really bear it all without any masks or distractions or protection mechanisms, that's extremely scary. Hello, and welcome back to the Choosing to Heal podcast. I'm recording this after coming home from a trip to Jamaica with my partner, Joshua. And it was our first trip away without kids in the year and a half that we've been together. And I wanted to share some things that I've been thinking about just as I've reflected on that trip, that vacation, um, because a lot has come up for me, actually, in regards to this topic, like on this topic of vacations and connection and reconnection and expectations and things that happen on trips because I got a chance to reflect on my own past experiences on vacation and just what those experiences have been like. And then I also wanted to share one main thing that made a huge difference in why this vacation or this trip was unlike any of the other ones that I've ever taken before. So stay tuned for that. So yeah, I guess I just have a lot to say today about the topic of vacations and connection and bonding and intimacy and the expectations that we have when we go on vacation. And I guess that's a great segue into the start of what I wanted to talk about, which was, you know, I think that vacations they can be the opportunity for great connection, but they can also be the opportunity for high amounts of conflict. And it made me think about how vacations, we tend to put on this pedestal, right? It's like we look forward to them so much and we have such high expectations, especially if it's an adult-only trip and it's like a getaway for you and your partner. Expectations are high, right? It's like, man, life is so crazy and chaotic and we don't get a chance to connect because we're always dealing with kids and going to bed late and there's never time. And so we think that by going on vacation that it'll finally be the chance where we get to connect and have all this quality time and bond when we have high expectations that going on this trip is going to be the magic cure for us, like not having the connection that we have been wanting, you know, during just regular normal life, high expectations lead to high amounts of disappointment because as I'm sure you know, not just with vacations, with all things, nothing is a magic cure. And if we don't practice and we don't learn how to have a strong connection and a strong foundation and practice being intimate with each other, going on vacation is only going to amplify that reality. That's our experience is that, okay, life's so crazy and chaotic. We just haven't been able to connect and we go on vacation. And that doesn't happen if it seems like you guys are fighting more, it's just higher conflict or you go in and it just, it feels disappointing. I think it's, it's just because when you eliminate all of those distractions and you don't replace them, or if you don't have the skills to use, all it's going to do is going to bring attention and highlight how you have been growing apart. And especially if you are practicing like these patterns that are ingrained in your daily life and bringing them on vacation and you pair that with having high expectation, it's just like a recipe for conflict. Yeah. And I think that happens so commonly, not just on vacation in life is that our desire for connection is so strong in our relationships. It's like we want to have this amazing relationship, but oftentimes it's not backed with action 
And connection is a learned skill. It is a learned skill. And it's not just something that happens. Connection is learning how to repair and prevent conflict from happening to begin with. It's not a lack thereof, right? So again, that ties into that high expectation that we have for relationships. We think that healthy relationships and good relationships are marked by a lack of conflict. Well, if we don't fight, then we're good. We're healthy. But in my experience or what I've been learning is that healthy relationships are formed and connection is formed when we learn how to repair these ruptures and these moments of disconnect in a healthy way. And when it's done properly, it creates further bonding and intimacy because it's like you have strengthened, you've gotten through this together. And I know in my personal experience in my previous relationships, that was not a thing that I had any experience with was how to repair in a way that brought us closer. Every time there was a small rupture, it seemed like it just created more and more distance, more resentment, more frustration, and more disappointment. Today's conversation is around that topic of the expectations we have around connection in our relationship as it relates to vacation and things that we did this time around that made this trip an opportunity to really connect and make it a wonderful experience and memory. Not to say that there weren't any road bumps or hiccups. So I'm going to share about those too. So if you are listening to this and you have, if you're thinking about a time that you and your partner went on a trip and all you did was fight, or if it didn't go the way that you wanted, I want to see if any of this resonates with you because this is my theory as to why couples end up fighting on vacation. So first off, I touched on the fact that when you go on a trip, there's high expectations, but also it places a spotlight on the skills that you either have or don't have. And so when you peel back all of this, the distractions of work and kids and life, that vulnerability of being alone together can be extremely uncomfortable if you're not used to it. The reality is that 99.9% .9 of our time you know, if you're not someone who travels constantly is spent in this state of chaos or the state of distraction. And if that's how you're used to living life, then it will feel extremely foreign and uncomfortable and vulnerable to be alone with your partner. So many people are in relationship, but that doesn't mean that every one of us knows how to be vulnerable and intimate in a relationship. We know how to be comfortable, but being vulnerable and stripped back and having to really bear it all without any masks or distractions or protection mechanisms, that's extremely scary. How does conflict start to begin with? Well, it starts with triggers. Well, how do triggers occur? It's from an emotional reaction. And emotional reactions are usually started or they occur because of discomfort. There's some sort of feeling there. And if we don't have any practice or experience in communicating or having self-awareness to be able to identify what is going on within you, then it's going to come out as reactive because you don't have any experience in being vulnerable with each other and, and actually letting each other into your true inner world, right? And it's so ironic that I, I saw this video show up on my Instagram feed today by Jay Shetty. And he had just posted, a woman had said like, she was upset that they didn't get to spend time together. And the guy was like, well, what do you mean? We were together the whole time. And she's like, yeah, but you were on your phone or you were drinking or you were, you know, reading a book. 
And what she's really saying isn't that they didn't spend time together. What she's really wanting is connection. She's wanting his presence. But if what we're outwardly communicating is you're not paying any attention to me and we're unable to say, I really want your presence. I really want to connect with you. Then we're just going to fight in this surface level way without really being able to identify those like attachment longings, that desire for connection or the fears that we have around the disconnection that may be happening in our relationship. And I did an entire episode. I highly recommend if you haven't already. It's one of my favorite episodes so far that I've done with a guest on the conflict cycle with Brett Nicola. We talk a lot about attachment longings and how we have these cover reactions, which come out as anger or shutting down or pulling away when really there's these more vulnerable emotions that we don't have a lot of experience communicating. Like, am I enough for you? Do you accept me as I am? Do you want me anymore? Those types of things. Going back to this topic of like why people fight on vacation, they're not fighting about not being able to agree on an excursion together. It's really about these underlying deep issues related to the stability and the safety of the connection within that relationship. The other thing too is if you're used to being at home with distractions, like if it's your norm at the end of the day to binge watch Netflix together or to scroll your phones on social media side by side where you're doing these activities together but not face-to-face, that is another way of staying comfortable while in relationship with one another. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're being intimate with one another. It doesn't mean that you're connecting. You're having a shared experience, which can be fun, and it can be bonding in the sense uh, that you're participating in something together. It's very, very different than being intimate with that person. If you go on vacation and you eliminate those distractions or take them with you to where, okay, you're not watching Netflix on the couch at home, but you're watching them in your hotel room, and then pair that with a high expectation that it's going to be different, but you're so used to these ingrained patterns or habits of being together at a distance, then it makes so much sense why this is the perfect setup and storm for disappointment, which would then lead to conflict. Not to mention the fact that traveling is extremely triggering and stressful, right? Like, I don't know about you, but like, gosh, just we had a whole passport fiasco for this trip where we had to try to get a same day passport. We didn't even know if we were going to be able to go. That is stressful. And when you add stress and heightened emotions you know, vacation isn't all sunshine and unicorns and rainbows. And if you don't handle stress well, well, then you are going to be naturally more prone to being triggered and reacting out of emotion or frustration when there's all of these external factors that you add in. So it's not just all like, you know, laying on the beach or whatever. And so you have to stay extra mindful when you are triggered. And if you're not used to being mindful and having that awareness of, oh, I feel triggered right now. I can see that I'm totally racing and I want to like lash out or I want to vent, but I'm going to catch myself. Like if you're not actively practicing those skills, it's just going to turn into a full-blown argument. Hence why I said at the very beginning, part of connection isn't just a lack or absence of stress. It's not a lack or absence of opportunities for conflict. It's learning how to navigate them and prevent them or as they start to happen, be able to catch yourself, rewind a bit, pull it back, apologize, reset. 
that ability to reset. Oh my gosh, I'm still learning how to do that. I feel like I just started learning how to repair and reset the right way. That is not a skill that I ever, ever practiced or knew about in relationship. It was always reactive on my part. The more and more I like say all this stuff, I'm like, man, why do people go on vacation? It's just a recipe for disaster. But <laughs> I don't mean that to sound depressing at all. Really, my intention with this episode is to bring light to why this may be happening and so that we can make intentional choices to change and to develop that intimate relationship that we want. And I promise we're going to get there. And, and and I guess I feel so passionately about this because, um, and I'll share a personal story with you. I remember for my 30th birthday, my former husband planned a trip for me to, I think it was Cancun with my two best friends. And it was on paper, the dream of all dream trips. And I still have some positive memories from that trip, but I will say by far the thing that sticks out to me about that trip is the terrible, horrible argument we got into one night so bad that I knocked on my friend's door crying because I just I just couldn't understand how are we in this beautiful paradise resort right now on my 30th birthday with my husband and best friends and I'm this miserable. Like, how did this happen? Like, how am I crying on this dream vacation? It just didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense. And I was so disappointed. I was so upset. And then I was spiraling because I wanted it to be the exact opposite. I wanted to feel so happy and excited to be there. And to have that opposite experience was so like, it was so heartbreaking to me. And to this day, that is, it's like, it stays with you. Those emotions stay in your body. They live with you. And so I guess like, I just have firsthand experience what that is like to have such high expectations and be so like sad when those aren't met. It's like the desire for that bond and that connection and that intimacy is there. And when it goes wrong, it's just heartbreaking. Now, looking back in hindsight, I can also tell you that at that time, we were not in therapy. I did not have any of the skills that I know now. I didn't have any cognitive skills. You know, I had very little self-awareness, if any, at that time. So it makes perfect sense as to why we ended up there that night. There were also things that we were doing that I'm about to share that absolutely contributed to ending up in that place, like drinking and the types of escalated conversations that we were having. You know how they say like, you'll be triggered by other people that remind you of like you. It's like, you're triggered by what is unhealed in yourself. And I think that's what stuck out to me on this trip. I was noticing other couples who were behaving in the ways that we did. I'm like, man, I totally remember being exactly in that place. As an empath, it was so like emotional for me to witness these different couples suffering in different ways, right? And it's like, I did, of course, I'm just an outsider. I don't know the full story. This trip felt so drastically different from ones in the past because of these mindful, intentional changes and choices that we made that were different than I've ever done before. And honestly, the one thing that made the biggest difference of all was the fact that we chose to stay sober. 
we only recently made the choice together to stop drinking. And if you've known me for any length of time, wine was like part of my brand. Like I was born and raised in wine country. I couldn't tell you the last time I would go longer than a week without having a drink of some kind. Like for me, it was all about the social aspect of having a drink and like the taste of it. Like I still love a good mojito. I love the taste of wine. And and this isn't an episode on like reasons why you should be sober. There is nothing that turned me off more when I did drink than someone who's like, this is why I'm sober and why you should be. As a result of that, choice, we were able to stay so much more present with each other. We wanted to have a clear mind to have the deep conversations that increase intimacy. It was so nice to be able to talk about these kind of bigger topics, things that we both value and be able to like actually dig deep into that was really special. I also have so many more vivid memories of that trip. Um, And, you know, going back to my 30th birthday, it's like I knew we did things, but the actual recollection of it was fuzzy. And so to be able to have crystal clear memories of those precious, like intimate memories with Joshua this time around is so nice, so special. The other pro to being sober and not drinking was being able to access my skills. I'll speak for myself when I was triggered. There were days where I was extra sensitive and grumpy. And I know that if I were drinking, I just would not be able to have that self-awareness to be able to like pull myself together and have a conversation with him, own my part, right? And to value that like reset. And so um, there was one point in the trip where, like I said, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I was extra grumpy, but I went to the meeting in the morning. And while I was there, I texted him and I was able to like just reflect And I was like, man, this is not how I want to show up. I don't want the rest of the day to be spoiled by this. Like I really have an intention and I really want to make sure that I'm showing up in alignment with what I want for our relationship, what I want for this trip. And so I apologize to him. We were able to reset that day. I was able to access my skills, really go inward and make choices that were in alignment rather than out of reactivity. And when I'm drinking and I'm emotional I'm absolutely just reacting from the emotional place instead of from a mindful place. So yeah, I guess that ties into just like being able to act in alignment with our values and our authentic selves. Using this time that we knew was very rare to have five straight days, uninterrupted one-on-one time, we really wanted to use that in a way to where we didn't just like piss the time away for lack of a better term. Like we really wanted to maximize and leverage that to strengthen our relationship. And then lastly, this is the biggest one that sticks out to me is like looking back on this trip, not only do I recall the memories, but I recall how I feel on this trip. Have you ever heard the term people won't remember what you did, but they'll remember how they made you feel? That's a phrase for a reason. And more than anything else, like, yes, I remember how we spent our time, but I remember how I felt on this trip and how not drinking allowed us to feel fully in every way, feel emotionally, physically, and spiritually. The reason I feel so called to share this is because I think of like my past self and I didn't know that this type of experience was possible because all I knew was my current reality and I hit a certain point in my previous relationship where I kind of gave up and I I just assumed that like, well, this is how it just always is going to be. 
And like all relationships are like this, that's probably just asking too much. The whole point is to encourage you that you can make those choices and that it's not asking too much. And life does have the capacity to allow that to happen for you. This is just your reminder to take inventory of your relationship and maybe just make some intentional choices leading up to that trip. Really think about how you want to feel on this vacation. Really think about how you want to connect. How are you going to back that up with your actions? How do you want to love on your partner? What experiences do you want to have in the big picture? How do you want to spend that time together? So yeah, friends, that's all for today. Thanks for listening to my inner thoughts and my musings all the things that go on inside of my brain. Um, and I will see you on the next episode.